Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We're glad you're with us this week. Happy homecoming. It's homecoming on the Baylor campus. I'm John Morris alongside Brooke Bednars. And, Brooke, we thought we'd get two uh, two guys who are steeped in the tradition and knowledge of Baylor homecoming to tell us, number one, about the history, and number two, talk about 2020 and I what know. homecoming looks navigate, like this week. How do you navigate 2020? I think that's been a question we've been asking ourselves in every aspect, but we have to dive in with the two experts on how to do a 2020 homecoming. Our experts that are with us this week, Dakota Farquhar Cadell. He is the Associate Director of Student Activities and the Robert Reed Director of the Baylor Chamber of Commerce. Dakota, welcome to you. Thanks. Glad you're here. And we're see- glad to be here. I, I got to tell you, we're not experts, but we do our best. <laughs> no, you, you, you are. are experts. No, you okay. are. You okay. are experts. If we say you're experts, you're experts. <laughs> yes. okay? I'll take it. And C.J. Foster is with us. C.J. is from uh, South Lake, Texas, a traditions graduate student, and he was the student homecoming chair last year. C.J., welcome to you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you all being here. This is great. Dakota and I have worked together, Brooke, on a lot of projects through the yep. years. Yep. So this this is kind of fun to turn the tables a little bit on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had to turn the tables on you a couple of weeks ago for family. Well, that's true. So this that's is true. Like, and that uh, was very back fun. At me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do appreciate your time and happy homecoming to you guys. Uh, it, it does look different this year. There's no homecoming parade. There's no football game. Yep. Uh, football will play Oklahoma State, but it's been pushed to a December 12th. So it does look different. We'll talk about all that. But uh, Dakota, we want to start with you know the history and, and some of the traditions of. Yeah. Baylor homecoming. It's a big deal. When I tell people from other schools, homecoming is a big deal at Baylor. It yep. really is. Yep. You know, it's, it's kind of our crown jewel. We we uh, we boast that we have the longest standing homecoming tradition in the country. Uh, and we have other folks that challenge us on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but verified by the Smithsonian, which I don't know if you can get much official, more official than that. Right. Verified by the Smithsonian, the oldest. Uh, we are going on a 111-year anniversary from the first homecoming uh, and, you know, when you look over the history of the world and our nation, homecoming has kind of persisted, you know, mm-hmm. even to today. We'll talk about how we're doing homecoming in the midst of COVID. Um, and it's really has become one of those touchstones for the Baylor family to remember what matters most. And that is each other in our community, uh, believing the best uh, in, in and with for one another. And I think, you know, in lots of ways, we need that really a lot right now, yeah, you know, true. We, more than any other year, we need, we need a homecoming to remember what matters most. And so we're really excited to keep uh, that tradition on this year. Obviously to do the job that you do, you have to be fired up and you have to love the tradition aspect yes. of Baylor university. So I just want to know, you were telling us a little bit earlier, but tell, 
where did your love for Baylor homecoming start and how did it get to, to where you are today? That's a good question. Uh, so, you know, I think I went to my first Baylor homecoming when I was probably four or five. Um, my grandparents, actually both sides, uh, met at Baylor or have connections to Baylor. My parents met at Baylor. I didn't apply to Baylor until midnight of the Ooh. decision. This is a long time Ooh. ago. <laughs> uh, this is a long time ago. And then when I finally came here, uh, it just felt right. But my first homecoming um, when I was four or five, I, I just remember for whatever reason that year, it was at the Farrell Center parking lot, which is not totally normal, at least the way we do it now. Uh, and I, I can I can still smell the bonfire, and I can hear those pom-poms of the cheer squad rumbling between each other and I can just like see the silhouettes kind of thrust in the air and I can hear the uh, Golden Wave marching band play. I can hear the announcers. And, and when I came back to take this job a couple of years ago and I went back to homecoming, you know, this is probably 25 years from that first homecoming experience of my own. It still felt the same, you know, it, it felt like home and it felt, uh, exciting and you just knew you were with people that you could call family, uh, thousands and tens of thousands of family is what it felt like. Uh, and so, that's why I'm really passionate about it. And, uh, and of course, you know, like you said earlier this year, it's not linked to a football game. But there is nothing like a homecoming weekend where you come on, you know, Thursday or Friday and get to cap it off with a super fun game, uh, which, which, again, we can't do that this year, but that doesn't mean we can't still celebrate. Right. Why is it important for you to help supply that feeling of tens of thousands of family members all gathered together to celebrate what is Baylor. Why is that important to you to kind of foster that? Wow, that's a good question, Brooke. Uh, you know, uh, in higher education, we do a lot of research around trying to figure out what and how do we create a college experience for, you know, 18 to 24 year old students that is transformative, that is meaningful, that is educational, that sets them up for the rest of their life, for service to the community, to the country, to each other. And the research tells us that if a student feels like they belong, if they feel like they have an affinity and they're part of something greater than themselves at an institution, that their likelihood to succeed is just tenfold. You know, it's, it's so much higher. It's an incredibly important indicator. And so, you know, I think around homecoming is a good example of one of these traditions at Baylor that we really stake um, our purpose in and say, hey, these things make make people know that they are known and they belong and they value. And while homecoming is a super fun weekend, um, I think I, I think more than that, it reminds people that they're valued, which directly results to higher success in our college students, which is why we're here. Um, so that's why I feel really passionate about it. I think uh, I, I myself, you know, I had a moment, you have these moments in your life when you look back about kind of uh, things that have changed you or that, that, that have lodged themselves in there that have made a mark on you. And uh, one of those moments for me is uh, when I was 12 and I went to a football game at Baylor. I'm from Austin. So it was 2002, October 5th, 2002. Uh, and my dad surprised me with a trip to Floyd Casey Stadium nice. to watch. Yes, to watch the Bears play. Floyd Casey, great place. Uh, and, you know, most of the time we'd watch it on TV or uh, on the radio. I'd watch it at my, in my granddad's. Uh, or I'd listen to it in my granddad's garage on his car radio, because that's what he would do. Uh, he would sit and listen to the game on the radio. Uh, and so oftentimes we'd listen to it in the radio or we'd watch it on TV. But my dad surprised me with a trip to Waco to watch the Bears play in person. And we woke up that morning before the sun even rose because we were going to head down I-35. Uh, and you know that feeling when you're driving down I-35 and the sun's rising. Uh, it Again, nothing like it. And you know you're going to see the Bears play. As a 12-year-old, that's like the highlight. Uh, that's, that's where you peak. And uh, we woke up. We got there in plenty of time. You know, I don't know if you remember at Floyd Casey Stadium, 
parking was a little bit of the wild, wild west. You know, like you kind of parked where you could and then just made yourself to the stadium. It was super homegrown. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I just remember parking, heading up to the stadium. And at that time, uh, we hadn't won a conference game three years prior. And I think the three years before that, we only won one conference game a season. And so we it was a very long streak of struggling. And I think we were 0-8, 0-8, 0-8. And then three years before that, we were 1-7, 1-7, 1-7. Mm-hmm. And uh, so most of, you know, as as a 12-year-old, most of my <laughs> remembrance of Baylor football was not loving it because we won. Right. We loved it because we were Baylor and we just mm-hmm. kept playing anyways. And that's what that's what really meant to be a Baylor Bear. Um, and so – we had into full KC Stadium. The stands were pretty uh, – they weren't full, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. They weren't packed to the brim. But I remember looking over to the right uh, where the Baylor line queued up, which is, again, one of the best college traditions – I mean, college football traditions in, in the whole country. I remember looking to the right, and the Baylor line was queued up. And, I mean, the Baylor line was packed. And, and those students had never seen Baylor really win a game since they were in you know at school, but they were packed. And – um and I, and I watched as Baylor played with everything they had to defeat the University of Kansas in the final minutes. Like, I mean, it was like, you know, and it wasn't a huge win, but to us, it was it was like we won the national championship. Yeah, yeah. And we won. And, and I watched wide-eyed as as those students who had been cheering, their, giving their whole self to the football game that whole time, and they hadn't won, seen a win in, in years. They just that those final minutes clicked down on the on the, on the clock, and the freshmen just poured over the stands because it was really easy to do it for Casey. <laughs> there was different security measures. Poured over the stands, they just rushed the field, and I just remember the feeling of just elation. You know, like like we were we we finally won, and, and those students that game, those students, I'll never forget it. Uh, they took a quick right turn and made a beeline to the goalpost. And uh, I didn't know what they were doing, but one by one, they kind of heaved themselves up onto that goalpost. Uh, and and before you know it, there's like 10 or 15 on there, 20 on there. I mean, I don't, Demo, you might remember this <laughs> moment. And more and more people, I mean, like you couldn't fit any Wilson on there. But they were still somehow throwing more and more students up there. And then, you know, slowly that goalpost, all steel, starts mm-hmm. to sway yeah. like it's like Gumby or something. And like the next thing you know, one more, two more students get up on there. And that finally is like the tipping point. And that thing comes yeah. all the way down. And those students, like, I'm just watching this, like, awestruck from the stands as a 12-year-old. And those students in those gold jerseys just, like, you know, yopped. They were so excited. You know, they heaved up that goalpost, and they carried it. Yeah. Uh, carried it down Valley Mills. They took a left on I-35. I mean, they they walked it all the way down and put it in the president's front yawn, right. front, front lawn. And, uh, wow. and that was... <laughs> they got a workout a in. Way. That's yes, a long uh, way. <laughs> and, and that was when um, one of the kind of moments that have stuck with me as you know I, I look back at that as a, as a 12 year old and saw wow I want to be a part of a family that values tradition not just winning because there are a lot of reasons not to have a lot of hope in that game um, but Baylor did what Baylor does and we had hope and we had excitement and we cared about each other and we we came out with a goalpost <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, and then t- when I came back a couple years later uh, a longtime colleague of mine surprised me at my office with a piece of that goalpost that nice. he had from that game when I was 12. Uh, and so I still have it on my windowsill nice. as like a memento of what it, what tradition means, why it matters, and where that passion comes from. That's a great story. So it's like that piece of the goalpost right over you there, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Behind yes. that, that picture is part of it. So <laughs> Was that the 36-35? Yes, Better yes. win over oh, Kansas. Yes. Last second win. Yes. Sean Bell. <laughs> 
who's now on staff <laughs> yeah. here. So, yeah, oh that's a great What a memory. small world. Oh, that's a great memory for young 12-year-old Dakota yep. Farquhar Cadell. You, did, yep. you didn't jump on the goalpost, did you? You're saying Baylor, won a, Baylor played a close game? Like Baylor played a close game. Can you believe it? Never heard of that one. That's shocking. Something's a, that's shocking. no tradition, right? No, never, never seen one of those. CJ, it may be hard to do to match Dakota's enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe impossible to do. Do you have what's your your back uh, background backstory with Baylor University? Sure. So I applied to Baylor. I grew up in South Lake Texas, and so I applied to Baylor and a couple other schools around Texas. And Honestly, didn't really have a familial connection or really any connection to the university at all, but I just kind of went down my process of elimination and ended up eliminating the other four schools, most notably TCU, thankfully, best decision <laughs> of my life, and ended up at Baylor, and from there, it just took off. I kind of like Dakota was talking about, I had that just first really memorable experience of my time in college at homecoming. I was actually in the Golden Wave band my freshman year, and you know, people had always talked about this concept of catching the Baylor spirit. And back in 1909, the first homecoming, that's actually the phrase they used. They said, come home and catch the spirit. And, and so I'd heard that all through, throughout the weeks I had started the semester. And, and I'd wondered, what what is this that they're talking about? I hadn't quite caught it yet. Um, it was kind of a slow start for the semester for me. But I get to homecoming and the Golden Wave band's right in front of the stage on Fountain Mall. And we start playing. And I just look around and I see the Baylor family. And then I see the bonfire go up. You know, I couldn't really see it. There was a just a massive crowd of people in front of us, but I could see the top of the flames just going way above everybody's head. And I could, and we were playing the good old Baylor line and I could just feel the connection between everybody. And in that moment I caught what is now referred to, or has always been referred to as the Baylor spirit. Wow. And so yeah. from that moment, then I, I actually had the blessing to move into the Baylor chamber of commerce and was able to work up my way through the homecoming committee up until the chairman this past year uh, in 2019 was able to serve as the chairman then. And, just what that was such a special time. Yeah. We were able to bring pyrotechnics back on the campus and shoot them off at Fountain Mall with the bonfire going in the background. And, and I think what made it so special too was just the season that the football team was having. We were undefeated at that time, but it wasn't just that we were, we were even undefeated. It was just, it, it was a renewed and refreshed Baylor. Matt Rule was doing such great things for the program. And it, it just felt so much like family mm. whenever you looked all the way around. And yeah. so, that was a really great experience. And I think homecoming, that that's kind of my version of homecoming. What happened with me, it really changed my entire experience. But I don't think I'm alone in that. I think I'm just one of thousands of Baylor students who experience that every year. So it's a really special, really special event. How do you get the job done? With power. Get all the power you need in a new Ram. Alan Samuels presents Ram Power Days. Extra special savings and special factory financing on all new models. Hauling families to great places. Doing chores. Working hard. Alan Samuels will help you get the job done. Ram, the highest pickup owner loyalty in America. Shop, apply, buy online. We delivered. Alan Samuels, official auto dealer of the heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 
visiting with Dakota Farquhar Cadell and C.J. Foster, a homecoming edition of the Sikkim Podcast. Thanks to Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, our presenting sponsor of the Sikkim Podcast. And uh, you guys have, have uh, uh, articulated very well, you know, some of your memories about homecoming. And, uh, you know, it, it is interesting. I think you can talk to Baylor people and Baylor grads, and they all have their stories. You know, yep. they all have what's, what's special about coming back to campus. A lot of those are, are around uh, homecoming. Um, CJ, a lot of that is the parade. You know, kids grow up coming to the parade parade Definitely. and then they come to Baylor and here they are in the parade sometimes uh, as somebody with the chamber uh, I know you can appreciate the parade but maybe you appreciate it now more that you're not uh, right in the middle of it yeah for you know sure. what I'm saying <laughs> there's a there's a lot of a lot of work that goes into that parade, a lot especially of work in the chamber it's a yeah. it's a long night going Friday into Saturday but yeah being able to take a step back from that and look at it from a different perspective I mean what what a special memory and it's and I love how Throughout so much of the time, especially recently, it's been that same iconic path down Austin Avenue through downtown. Then, of course, at the end makes that famous turn onto Fifth Street. And when you're going down that path and you're, you're passing Penland on your left side and Martin Hall on the right side, and you just see the grandstands full of people, people outside the windows in the dorms and yeah. Penland and yeah, Martin. Yeah. And we're throwing candy out, but sometimes they're throwing candy in the <laughs> too from yep. the dorms. I mean, the parking garage is overflowing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then, then that big Baylor balloon comes yeah. down and then Sailor Bear's right with it. I mean, that is that will always be the perfect photo shoot opportunity. Yeah. That, that picture is taken every single year by that TV camera crew up on that um, cherry picker. But it never gets old. I mean, right. every year goes by and it's that same photo and it's still iconic every time. And it, and it always will be. Yeah. Dakota, you said something earlier. This is the oldest homecoming in, of any school in the country. It goes back to 1909. Mm -hmm. There, and, and that's been documented by the Smithsonian. Yes, as you said. There are other schools yeah. that say they have an older homecoming yes. or I goes back further. <laughs> Educate Brooke a little bit. Yes. Um, I don't know I, if we want to mention names, but other schools kind of take offense to that. I will yeah. say this is uh, the, the podcast has been an opportunity for me. I did not go to Baylor. Very glad to be here. But to, to just dive in and learn so much. And this has been one I've been looking forward to Good. hearing. Yes. I want to hear straight from you how Baylor's homecoming is the oldest. So the, the reason it's a little uh, contested for some people, not us. We know the There's truth. no controversy. <laughs> there is no controversy. <laughs> we know that Baylor were the oldest and the greatest and the biggest and the best. But um, but other folks, you know, there's a, another school uh but maybe go by the name of Missouri. Missouri. Not quite sure. Maybe. 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 <laughs> maybe. Uh, sometimes they claim they have the oldest. Theirs really wasn't the first one was until 1910. Uh, fair. So, I mean, if you can do math. So close. I think so, oh, so close, but just not they quite. Taste you know? <laughs> <laughs> they just had the idea one year earlier, you know. Uh, and, you know, some, it's important to say, you know, we, we haven't had a homecoming every single year. Mm -hmm. Um because the you know, things come up, and, and as traditions evolve, we learn how to do them better and better and better. And so um, some folks try to pretend, like, since we didn't have it every single year, that doesn't count. Uh, I don't think that you can really play that game. You know, like, we, we, we have it. We were first, 19, 1909, 1910. I don't know how you can contest that. Right. Uh, Missouri didn't even have it every single year after they had it in 1910. Mm -hmm. So uh, that... That is all we have to say about that. Uh, one mo one point of pride, especially this year, is that we are pr continuing to have homecoming in a safe way, while other institutions have decided to opt out. 
Again, I won't say names. So they, their school colors might be purple. They might have been Fort Worth by chance. I, I'm not throwing shade, but I am saying they canceled their homecoming. So uh, we're not throwing shade. We're just flinging green and gold. Yeah. So actually, yeah, officially, if there's any if there's any TCU Horned Frogs out there, you are now formally invited to come to a real homecoming. <laughs> there you go. In Waco, Texas. Come on down. Uh, actually, uh, log in virtually because we don't That's want you true. to yeah. infest our, our our town and our campus. But log in virtually and just be part of a real homecoming. Like. Welcome to the Baylor spirit. <laughs> Dive into a little bit of that. Obviously, this year, 2020, like you said, um, doesn't look the same. But you guys have done a fantastic job from the sound of it to make sure that all of the traditions and all of the opportunities are still going to be here in some shape or form. And actually, it's going to be expanded to where the entire world can see it because yep. thank you, technology. Yes. Yeah, I think when we look back at homecoming, you know, that first one in 1909 when, when three professors signed a, a postcard to all of the former students at the time and said, hey, come back. I think the quote is, renew your uh, former associations and renew your Baylor spirit. Yep. Uh, and and went that heart, and Brooke, you said it earlier, there's like, <laughs> there like a little PS on that note card that people don't always know about. <laughs> the little PS said, hey, also, I'm, I am paraphrasing here. I don't yeah. think... It, we're not going to ask you for money. Just coming out. <laughs> yes. and, uh, and I think that same simple spirit, come renew former associations and catch that Baylor spirit again. And P.S., nothing is, you know, we don't need anything from you, but just you is what is still, we're still building this homecoming around. Uh, and so, like you said, you know, we're learning ways to, to do things well without being in person in all parts of our lives. You know, churches, work, hanging out with friends, you know, all that. So mm -hmm. homecoming is no different. We're finding ways to bring it to folks to where they feel like they can still renew their former associations. They can catch that Baylor spirit and they can just be there with us virtually. So, you know, practically that looks like on Thursday, uh, a neat thing that we're excited about is that we're going to be streaming mass meeting, freshman mass meeting uh, to the whole country and world who wants to tune in, which is a, a very special, sacred uh sentimental moment of remembrance for the Baylor family. We'll remember the 10 students that lost their lives in that bus train accident on January 22nd, 1927 uh, in Round Rock. And so uh, as we kind of get closer, you know, we're on the 93rd, I think, anniversary of that accident now. Uh, and each year we pause with the incoming class and we remember those 10 students' lives. And we, we think about, you know, that potential that we're missing and how we can carry on that legacy. There were, there were 10 students that all had unique stories and beautiful futures ahead of them. Uh, and so we ask, how can we uh, honor those lives well? And how can we carry, you know, that's where the immortal flame imagery comes from. And from Seymour Palmer Brooks's uh, To You, I Hand the Torch, we kind of marry these traditions together and say, these immortal 10 students are going to help rem remind us who we are, where we've been, and our potential in the future. And so... For that evening, we have really special time with Coach Grant Taff. Uh, uh, he's going to be one of our special guests, which is always an incredible experience to hear some stories from him. And uh, we have Neil Knighton, who is an incredible friend of Baylor and a graduate and also a chamber, former chamberman, uh, who gets to tell the story of the Immortal Ten. He's done a lot of research around uh, the Immortal Ten stories. And, uh, and then we have a couple other special guests and moments where we're going to highlight some students. And that will be live streamed for everyone on, I think, CJ's at 8 p.m. on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So that will be on 8 p.m., uh, uh, Baylor.edu slash homecoming. And then that kicks us off into Friday um, where we talk a little bit about uh, we're, we're doing an in-person event for students only. I like this idea because it's still going to allow us to be safe uh, amidst our global pandemic, but we also get to make sure our students have a memorable 
moment as homecoming. You know, you don't want to miss homecoming as a student, especially. And so with all of our traditions, while they're, while they're a lot of fun for our alumni, it's students first. You know, we, we do these for the students. And so on Friday night, we'll invite all the students to join us at McLean Stadium, uh, where there will be free food, local food trucks all over the plaza and the student tailgate area. So folks can just eat to their heart's content. President Livingstone and our first gent, Brad Livingstone, have picked up the bill on that. So they want to say, hey, students, this is, you know, since uh, Dr. Livingstone and Brad came back to campus and came back to Waco, they've hosted a family dinner with the Livingstones each homecoming where students just get to eat on their front lawn and take pictures with them, which is so fitting for who they are. Very cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just they're, you know, they're so relational and they care so much about our students. And so they, they didn't want this to – they didn't want homecoming to pass this year and not get to treat our students. And so they said, okay, well, on Friday night, then we're going to buy them all food. And so uh, they are they are buying our students food. They're going to set up a quick photo booth so you can get a picture with our president and the first gent, which everyone wants. Uh, they are iconic leaders in their own way. And so that will happen. We're going to stream pigskin highlights uh, around 630 on the video board at McLean and also – we have two satellite uh, video boards outside the plaza and in the student tailgate area so you can eat and watch. And uh, the pigskin review will be a, a really special highlight of those top six acts this year. And then we'll dovetail into our pep rally. And the pep rally is just, yeah, we, we don't have a football game the next day, but we have a lot to celebrate. Mm-hmm. We have a lot to be proud of. We have a lot to be joyful about. And so the pep rally is a, is a celebration of football, but it's a celebration of just the Baylor line in the broadest sense, the Baylor line in the sense of all of those watching from home, all those future bears that haven't, don't even know they're part of the Baylor line yet. And all those ones that are living the Baylor line right now. And it's a time to celebrate what Baylor means to us. Uh, and I think it'll, it'll be a really special time. We're going to cap it off with some fireworks because no homecoming is complete now without fireworks. <laughs> so, It'll be a whole production, uh, and I think it'll be a moment for our students where it just—it'll be one of those imprints where they look back and think, "Wow, we got to have a home. We got to experience the oldest homecoming in the country in the middle of a pandemic on the field at McLean Stadium." You know that—that's something that you'll remember forever. Hmm. It's a time where they need it the most. Yeah. And and with this virtual format, it's a, a way where we can probably get it into the most into most people's either homes because. If you think about the logistics, I mean, not not all alumni can obviously come back each year to homecoming, but with this virtual opportunity now, that's going to be possible. And I and I think I've got to mention what we're doing with mass meeting. I think it's so special. I mean, traditionally it's just new students, so either freshmen or transfer students, but it's an experience that you get one time and you want it you want it the rest of the years while you're here. But it's traditionally just a freshman event, but. You know, when, when you're in the chamber, you constantly get alumni reaching back and saying, hey, is, is there any way I can just kind of sneak in the mass meeting here? You wow. know, I loved it as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Can I go back? Yeah. And, you know, we again, we do traditionally hold it for freshmen. But this is going to be a really awesome opportunity for people who have just been longing for that for that remembrance and that that way to honor the Baylor spirit and the birth of it with these 10 men. It's going to be a really, really unique, tr- really unique opportunity to do that because we don't get the opportunity to bring we can't bring thousands and thousands and thousands of people into the Ferrell Center, even if we did open it up to people other than just freshmen. And so between that and the pep rally, we're going to reach more people than we ever have before. And it's at a time where I think they need it the most. Well, and just speaking here personally, obviously Baylor means something to me now. It didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was in school, it was just an opponent that we played. But, um, (laughs) you know, now it is neat for me because I wasn't a freshman here and I yeah. never mm-hmm. got to go to mass meeting. Yeah. And yep. so that's going to be something that's, you know, really special for people like myself who now are 
part of the Baylor family, I'd yep. like to think. Oh, 100% you are, <laughs> And, uh, you know, to get to partake in that. So I think that's wonderful that you guys are opening it up to everyone. And, you know, maybe some future Bears will hear about it and watch and then want another taste of it their freshman year. Yeah. There's a – my favorite quote inscribed around the top of Pat F is, the preservers of history are as heroic as its makers. And uh, and I think that's one of the things we honor well with mass meeting is, is you know, 93 years ago, we're choosing to continue to remember them and honor them. And, you know, we did some pre-recording of it this week and uh, some of the sound bites that came out of it just made me remember, I, you know, I try to remember daily that I'm grateful to be here and to work at Baylor because it's, it's a great place with a great job. And, but sometimes it's hard, no matter where you work, it's just hard. And, and hearing some of these sound bites and remembering the story of the Immortal Ten puts things in perspective. And I hope that it does that for folks around the country this year. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. Say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. You guys are uh, are steeped in the history of Baylor, and what do you think it is? Why why Baylor? Why is our history and these traditions? Why are they so important here? When I'm sure on other campuses, you know, homecoming is is gone by the wayside a lot of places. Why Baylor? It, that's a good question, JMO. And I think this week we visited all the float sites. So folks are still building floats. Oh yeah, uh, homecoming floats are a big deal, uh, <laughs> and, and it's been hard this year because they got uh, word a little bit later that they could start yeah. for guidelines, and they have to limit to ten people per building site. And uh, it's a lot of work to put. I mean, when you think about a float, we visited another homecoming last year. CJ and I did, and mm-hmm. a couple other folks who do some research. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. They also boast to have a great homecoming. And I think they that's do. True. Yeah. You know, they, it do. Just, they haven't seen a Baylor homecoming yet. But. Yeah. And, what, <laughs> and let's let's add, that's the Livingstone. I know. I know. I know. And we, uh, we talked about it some. The and ties I, I run told, deep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I think I think for Oklahoma State, it is a great homecoming. Yeah. Um, and But I realized when I saw Oklahoma State's parade that, whoa, Baylor's floats are really at a whole nother level. I mean. And 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 Oklahoma State's parade was great, um, but when you look at a Baylor float and the, it is at a whole other level. Mm-hmm. And so we were we were visiting the float sites this week uh, to do some inspections and to record some footage because at the pep rally we're gonna have we're gonna highlight the three winners um, of the floats and do some neat virtual tours of them. Oh, cool! And see, you know, one of the best things about homecoming after the parade, CJ talked about that picturesque moment when you know you look down Fifth Street. But the next best thing that is never captured really on camera is when those uh, barriers that keep people from the street go down and it just, the street just floods with mm. people. It's like, and it's like, 
you see people just embrace people that they haven't seen in 10 right. years. You know, right. they, you see people meet each other's kids that they've never met before, but they were roommates in Pinland together. You know, right. like you see, and you see it all happen. And, uh, and, and those moments you, you link up with your people that you didn't even know you were going to see. And then you walk over to the floats to, to look at the floats yourself and you get to touch them and take pictures with them and see how awesome they are. Since we can't do that, we're doing a really neat video feature of each of each of the winners and so it's a little behind the scenes tour and then also some quality footage of it's finally being done outside the mclean stadium so the floats will be outside mclean on friday night too for you to look at uh or i guess for students to look at Mm -hmm. uh we'll keep them there through saturday and so if anyone wants to come by and see them saturday they can we'll also blow up our our famous parade balloons we have some of the coolest parade balloons anywhere in the country you know the big bear sailor bear the waco w to honor our caring relationship with the town of waco uh we have a dr pepper hour balloon a christmas on fifth street balloon all sorts of different balloons those will be blown up on friday night too but uh, getting back to your original question about why Baylor, you know, when I was visiting these float sites, I just I saw these students that cared so much about making the coolest, best float they could, and they didn't care about it just because they were going to win or they wanted to, you know, impress people. They just cared about it because the folks before them cared about it, yeah. and the folks before them cared about it, and 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 it's something that they've been kind of entrusted to. You know, when like we you know when Samuel Palmer Brooks said to you, I pass to you, I hand the torch. We take that really seriously at Baylor. You know, my, I, uh, I feel like I've been handed the torch, you know, through that, that my family. And then when I came here, I felt there were upper class students that handed me the torch. And as a, as a faculty and staff member, I feel like I get to help students pass the torch now. And students take it seriously. And CJ can talk a little bit about that as if from a student receiving the torch and handing it on. But, but at Baylor, you know, when you watch the students build floats, which they do for hours upon hours upon hours on end in like a storage facility, and they're like pumping, they're like putting tissue paper on every single little inch, they're painting every piece, they're taking every little detail. You ask like, why do you do this? Well, because we love it, mm-hmm. and because we're, it means we're bigger, we're something bigger than just anything than ourselves. Uh, and I don't think that's something anyone can create. You know, I don't think we could drive down to UT and say, hey, UT, I think put together a really cool homecoming parade. Make sure your students make really awesome floats. I mean, it's just not something you can just make people do. It has to originate from our history uh, and be passed down. I think that's what makes Baylor so special. I'm glad you brought up Samuel Palmer Brooks. I was going to say the same thing. I think it. I mean, it starts even before him, but that that immortal message that he gave has been such a cornerstone of all of these Baylor traditions that even started before him, but have continued to this point. But I have to agree. I just think it's the level of care. You know, everyone who comes before these students and who teaches them how to do what they do, it's just that level of care is different here. And you, you see it with the students. And I've, I've had the opportunity to, to work with some of the student orga- organizations that build the floats in previous years, like last year. And then, uh, like Dakota said, we've gotten to take an inside look at some of the float construction this year. And the level of care and passion and attention is not any different. And the, the restrictions and limitations that they're working with are, are challenging. Yeah. You know, they are, they're, meant, they're meant to keep them safe. And that's exactly what they're doing. And we have to do them to, to be safe. But they are challenging on these students. And yet their passion, their determination, their care has not changed whatsoever. Even when, when it would be so easy, if there was ever a time to say, Hey, not this year, we're just not feeling it this year. It would be right now. But some of these students are just so impressive and, and they continue to, to push through and are continuing to be resilient. And I think those floats when oh, I can't wait, I don't want to give anything away. We've seen some of it already, but those, those final products are going to be really, really special. Yeah. Another area that struck me of the, care and attention to detail and just the all out 
is the pigskin review. Obviously, yes, that's yes. going to be different. Oh. But I think for anyone who might be listening that does not know what that is, yes. can you please dive into a little bit? Because that is a product of itself. Oh, yes. And to honor all of the hard work that they did yes. to then um, still be sure to recognize those winners. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, all universities seeing is, I have to think to make sure I say this right, the second largest off-Broadway production in the country. <laughs> <laughs> we have a title for everything. Yeah, you know? I was about to say. <laughs> verified about the Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> Not verified about the Smithsonian yet. We'll work on that next yet. week. Keyword, yet. yet. <laughs> Uh, and again, this is one of those things you have to see it to believe it. You know, people talk. Oh, about, I had to see it to yeah. believe it. Yeah. I saw talk, it, and now I believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> people talk about how great Sing is, and you, they're like, "What is it?" Well, you know, some student organizations put together a five to seven minute Broadway style production with song and dance, and you're like, "Oh, that's, mm. that that might be interesting to watch." <laughs> no, you don't get it. Right? They don't just put together; they, they hit it out of the park, mm-hmm. and they invest again hours upon hours upon hours of you know. They have special music arranged. It's a live pit orchestra. They create their own costumes. They create their own set design. They're working on years for this. They paint a you know several story high backdrop that changes in and out, and they're timed. And it's a huge production. Uh, and so, the top six acts each year from seeing go to Pigskin, which is highlighted during Homecoming. Over again, I and mean, when we sell out Winkle Hall, six performances I think each year just Pigskin alone. I mean, and we very could, quickly oh, too within That's, minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You have to be on when it when it goes live. Uh, and same thing for for sing. We sell those out each, you know, every year within minutes. Uh, and so, people can't get enough of it. I, I get it. It's very fun to watch. And uh, and I think once those top uh, eight is it top six or eight acts? Top eight. Top eight. So those once those top eight acts are highlighted uh, at homecoming, all that work, like you said, Brooke. We we want to find ways to honor that. So uh, you can actually purchase a streaming pass online to stream those on Friday night before the pep rally. Uh, like I said earlier, we're going to stream that into McLean Stadium for all the students. And then uh, not only is it a recap, but they did some unique filming of each act. So they talked to the scene tiers. They're like, what's that, what's that meaningful part of the act for you? How can we showcase and record something new that still has meaning? And so they did. Re- they recorded little sound bites here and there to add into the review. And so it won't be something you don't want to miss. It's a lot of fun. You can also buy a commemorative program this year. That's a special Pixian program uh, to have with your virtual viewing. So we, w- we won't miss that. And they start that sing process right after floats. I mean, if you think, oh, about, yeah. if you think <laughs> about it, homecoming, October, maybe early November, and then sing is in traditionally in February. Yep. And that takes a long time to plan. So right as soon as they get done with their float building process, that no time, no rest for the weary, no time to sit back and relax. They move right into that sing prep. And it, it's just, it's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, it gives you chills every performance. I, I did not think that the student body could sing and dance as well as they do. <laughs> you never knew. It's but I think about it, and I'm like, there's no way I could do that. Right. But there's there's hundreds of kids, yes. and they, they all do it at such a high level. Yes. And rarely are they actual dancer or singing major. Yeah. You know, it's, just, no. it's, it's everyone. Very talented, for yep. sure. One other event I don't think we've mentioned is Singspiration. Yep. That, that continues yes. even in 2020. Yep. And you can also virtually tune into that. Uh, and I, I think I, was just ta- I had a friend who – he was my best man, and we were in college together at Baylor, and he was in town uh, yesterday and mentioned and said, one thing I'm going to do this week is tune into Singspiration because it, it's one of those things who that you, is another tradition you can't miss. Uh, and I think that will also be very meaningful for our Baylor family. 
How do you get the job done? With power. Get all the power you need in a new Ram. Alan Samuels presents Ram Power Days. Extra special savings and special factory financing on all new models. Hauling families to great places. Doing chores. Working hard. Alan Samuels will help you get the job done. Ram, the highest pickup owner loyalty in America. Shop, apply, buy online. We deliver. Alan Samuels, official auto dealer of the heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wraps on there, the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. You mentioned that they would be able to purchase programs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know JMO and I, we you know, hosted the Jersey line box celebration. Uh, That was very exciting. That was was a first for me, but there's a homecoming (laughs) spirit box. Yes. That people tell us a little bit about that. So glad you asked Brooke. Uh, The homecoming uh, spirit box is, it's a way to bring homecoming to you. So uh, you can, we're going to keep that order open all throughout the week. Uh, Even if it, you know, if you order this, even the weekend of homecoming and get it the next week, you, you can still honor that homecoming spirit. It has a lot of fun stuff in there at homecoming apparel. It has a light up homecoming yo-yo because one of the fun things about homecoming is all the kids that just get to play around fountain mall <laughs> on Friday night. You know, I, I, one of my favorite memories is watching, uh, last year, all those, the kids with their light up, uh, homecoming tiaras and yeah. like hot light up homecoming swords. And it just, it's, <laughs> it's the kids are so fun at homecoming. And so light up yo-yos for the kids at home. Uh, we have green and gold sparklers to do your own little pyrotechnic show. Uh, <laughs> And bonfire. There are many bonfires. Yeah, yeah, many bonfires. Uh, we have a special edition homecoming candle that Chamber worked with Waco Candle Company to create. So it's locally sourced in Waco. Uh, it has a homecoming. It's a special edition homecoming only candle. So that'll be in there, and you can light that as your immortal fr- flame for the for the weekend. Uh, what else am I missing? We have some decals, a spirit ribbon. Yeah, we've got a commemorative parade coin in there too. So obviously, with the parade not happening, we still wanted to honor it in a traditional way. So. You'll get to see that iconic photo shoot we were talking about on 5th Street on our little commemorative coin. Yep. So if you want to do that, you can also just buy apparel if you just want apparel. Uh, but the apparel it, is excellent this year, too. It is. It is really fantastic. Is yep. All right. So if you are in the need of some homecoming spirits and pick me up, just order that box, get some apparel, and you will feel right at home. No detail left mm-hmm. untouched. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And you guys are great to talk with, and you're, like I said, you're a wealth of information, but boy, how many people are involved behind the scenes in making this work this year, probably working harder this year than even in years past? Oh, sure. You know, uh, Bailey Havis is our Chamber's homecoming chair. Ashley Madden is the parade chair for Chamber, and they have been working for months and months and months and months uh, on this, and... They have prepared for every possible scenario. You know, they they prepared every for opportunity, every possible one. Uh, because and, and it takes they each have their own committee full of more chamber students, and and they are all all hands on deck this whole time. And it's hard to be all hands on deck when you don't know the future. You know, well, what are you moving towards? What are we going to create? And so I am just tr- extremely proud of uh, of chamber and the whole university for supporting uh, the the 
the commitment to homecoming. You know, we have campus partners all around, um, all around Waco who are helping us. You know, we have development and marketing communications and our Waco PD and safety officials and fire marshals. I mean, it is a, it is a family affair to put on homecoming and all of our campus partners have just been tremendously supportive and eager and not once has anyone said, should we do this? You know, it has always been, of course, we're going to do this. We're going to find a way to make homecoming happen. Uh, and so with chamber and our campus partners, it has been a arduous process and long, but it will be absolutely worth it on Friday night. when we look over that stadium and see those fireworks go and see our students feel at home. Ooh. I get I chills wait. thinking about it. It's great. <laughs> J-Mo, really you'll be there. You'll be calling the shots. <laughs> you'll be on stage. I will be there. I'll be honored to be there. That'll be a lot of fun. Well, it, it means a lot that you and so many people have put in so much effort to make this happen, to continue homecoming at Baylor in a year when if you hadn't had it, I think people would have said, all right, you know, it's another thing we've lost in 2020. But thanks to you all for doing this, and thanks to everybody behind the scenes that has made it happen. Commitment from the top down, from President Livingstone uh, down through oh, the absolutely. chamber to yeah. everyone yep. to uh, to make uh, homecoming, keep homecoming alive. And we'll tell everybody uh, listening to us, baylor.edu slash homecoming is yep. uh, best place to go. Can you order the Baylor box there, or there's a yep. link mm-hmm. there for all that. Mm-hmm. that we'll get that, and then the link to uh, – to view all these events. So a lot of fun, and we appreciate you guys sharing with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll hope to see you on uh, Friday night. Brooke, maybe you'll make an appearance. Uh, Yes. Happy homecoming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank thank you for having us on here. Uh, The homecoming tradition means everything, uh, as as you know, to Baylor. And uh, we're just grateful that we have the opportunity to continue it on, to carry it on, and uh, to remember that, that Baylor family that means so much to us. You guys have done a terrific job uh, taking the torch and passing the torch along. So thank you very much to C.J. Foster, St- uh, Traditions grad student. He was the student homecoming chair last year. We worked together on the parade uh, last year, bright and early. <laughs> yes, sir. And Dakota Farquhar Cadell is the associate director of student activities, the Robert Reed director of the Baylor Chamber of Commerce. Thank you to both of you. And for Brooke Bednars, I'm John Morris. We thank you for joining us on the Sikkim Podcast this week. Happy homecoming. Yes, and we'll join, happy homecoming. We'll talk to you next week with another edition of the Sikkim Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast. Presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.